we're going back and reviewing church history. We're in volume one. We're talking about the uh, the calls of liberty in England. And England wouldn't have any calls of liberty if it wasn't for Baptists at all. John Bunyan and many of the people that we've listed here. We're on page 335 now. If you can go all the way back in uh, the preface to the book, the history of the Baptists, the New Testament churches, starts out here in page number 13 after the Lord our after our Lord had finished his work on earth and before he had descended into heaven he gave his disciples a falling commission now the church was in existence all authority is given to me in heaven and upon the earth go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe or to guard with their lives all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo, I'm with you even unto the end of the age. Amen. Matthew 28, 18-20. Now it says here, it says, Go ye therefore. It doesn't, actually doesn't say that in the original language. It says, After you've been cast out from Jerusalem, go from there, go from there, and make disciples. Build churches is what they're supposed to do, build churches. Now the Baptists build churches all through the ages. They built churches. That's what they do. Some churches are only two or three or four people, but they're a church. In 335 now, we talked about the history of what was going on in England with uh, Mary and, and uh, later on with Elizabeth. Edward uh, had died a uh, very short life. Uh, Henry VIII's son, and now we have uh, Elizabeth, and Elizabeth goes back to the Church of England, and Mary went to the Catholicism and persecuted everybody, and they called her Bloody Mary, Mary Queen of Scots. And the Baptists are in this, uh, what we call a revolution there, this civil war in England, and we have Baptists living there during all this time. They're fighting in wars, they're, they're being good citizens, what they're doing but they're preaching the word of God and they then they're standing for religious liberty that you should not have a state church. The church and the state should not be one. And that was a different doctrine than what they had been taught from Catholicism and from the Church of England and John Calvin and Martin Luther. Total different. Because Luther and Calvin came out of Catholicism and so they don't understand anything but a, a state organized religion. The church and the state. Now here, most of this is written by the Baptist enemies. On 335 in the bottom, the last two paragraphs there, it is generally admitted that these Baptists possess the highest attainments and the most exalted character. The opinions of a few competent authorities certainly they have not yet prejudiced in favor of the Baptists and our quoted here, Dr. Hall says, whoever properly estimates the doctrines and the practice of the Baptists must allot them a place among the faithful and notwithstanding their views of baptism. In all other things, now we're gone from America here and instilling Baptist Association of America, we've gone back and, and these 
churches came out to America from England and from Wales, etc. Scotland. In all other things, they are united with their reforming brethren. Now, they called the reformers their brethren. They're actually not. The reformers persecuted Baptists. Reformers, Calvin and Luther, persecuted and killed Baptists. The Baptists offered Calvin to come among them, and they offered uh, Luther to come among them, but they did not want. They wanted to reform the Catholic Church. The Baptists never tried to reform the Catholic Church. They never came out of it. Luther and Calvin came out of the Baptist, out of the Catholic Church. The historian Macintosh says this: the Baptists are a simple and pious body of men, generally unlettered, obnoxious to all other sects, sects for their rejection of infant baptism, as neither enjoined by the New Testament nor consistent with with reason. These suffered more than any other persuasion under Charles II. And they had publicly professed the principles of religious liberty. Macintosh, chapter 6, page 167. I have that history over there also. Some years ago, Hugh Price Hughes, the foremost Methodist preacher in England, said this, I assert with a full sense of responsibility that I believe that the great battle of the 20th century will be the final struggle between the Jesuit society in the full possession of the authority of Rome and the individual human conscience and when Oliver Cromwell I look around to see where I shall find Ironsides who will vindicate the rights of all human conscience my eyes fall upon the Baptist, an anvil on which the Jesuit hammer will break to pieces is the Baptist conscience. I should like all the world through to pit the Baptist conscience against the Jesuits. Now he's going back to an old chicken fighting term to pit. They, they raised fighting chickens in England and actually George Washington was one of the greatest chicken fighters in, in history in America with also Andrew Jackson. But they, uh, every household in England at one time in Wales and Scotland, the boys when they grew up they had to, to, to condition and raise a rooster from, from an egg basically and fight it in the cockpits because it took great discipline to do this. And that was one thing they had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and and condition, work that rooster and feed him right, and same thing at five o'clock in the evening. And this was all part of being raised. It was discipline and gameness. And they used the word to pit. And he said here, I should like all the world through it to pit the Baptist conscience against the Jesuits. You have to understand the figure of speech that is involved here. Only other quotation will be given in this place. One other quotation. It is from the celebrated Dr. Chalmers, and he says, Let it never be forgotten that the particular Baptists of England, that they formed the denomination of Fuller and Carey and Ryland and Hall and Foster, that they have originated from the greatest of all missionary enterprises, 
that they have enriched the Christian literature and our country with authorship of the most excellent piety as well as the first talent of the first eloquence and that they have waged a, a very noble and successful war with the hydra of Antonianism that perhaps there is no more intellectual community of ministers in our island who have put forth to their number a greater amount of mental power and mental activity to the defense and the illustration of our common faith. And what is better than all of these triumphs and genius and understanding who, by their zeal and fidelity and pastoral labors, among the congregations which they have been reared, have done more to swell the list of genuine discipleship in the walks of private society and thus uphold to extend the living Christianity to, of our nation. Chalmers lectures on Romans on page 76. The price of human liberty in England was paid with the blood of Baptists. They stood over and forever for every soul liberty. They struggled through it through blood and fire and at the beginning of the civil wars the animosity against the Baptists was very great because remember who was in there? Bloody Mary that had killed so many Baptists and so many Protestants. Edwards who fairly represented the hostility of these times against the Baptists says this, I here declare myself that I could wish there were a public disputation even in the point of pedo Baptists and of dipping between some of the Anabaptists and some of our ministers and I had an interest in the houses to provide or to prevail to obtain it which I speak not as to presume any such power being by no means a weak man it should be one of the first petitions I would put up to the honorable houses for a public disputation as were Zurich namely that both houses would give ear and leave to the Anabaptists to choose for themselves a number of their ablest men and assembly have to choose an equal number for them and by the authority of Parliament public notoriety sworn that might be appointed to write down all some members of both houses present to see the peace kept and to be judges of the fair play and liberty among the Anabaptists that there might be several days of disputation leave to the utmost given the Anabaptists to say what they, can, they could and if upon much fair free debates it should be found that the must be in the truth then the parliament only to tolerate them That's all, the parliament is only to tolerate them but to establish and settle their way throughout the whole kingdom but if the disputation and debate the Anabaptists should be found in error 
as I am confident they would, that then the Parliament should forbid all dipping and to take some severe course with all the dippers as the Senate of Zurich did after the ten several deputations allowed the Anabaptists and Edwards. Plainly, the advice of Edwards was to, to drown the Baptists. Drown them. Drown them. The Presbyterian party, which was now fully in the saddle, did something more than use words. They killed people. Various petitions from many sources were sent to the Parliament asking that severe laws should be enacted against the sectaries who would not come into the Presbyterian establishment. The first law passed by Parliament in this direction was an ordinance silencing all preachers who were not ordained ministers either by the English or some foreign church. It bore a date of April 26, 1645 and was as follows. It is this day ordained and declared by the lords of the commons assembled in parliament that no person be admitted to preach who is not ordained minister either in this or some reformed church except such as intending the ministry shall be allowed for the trial of their gifts by those who shall be appointed thereunto by both houses of parliament. Crosby's History of English Baptist. Volume 1, page 103, 193. The law was ordered and printed that it should be enforced in the army as well as elsewhere and do punish inflicted upon any who violated it. It was found, however, upon the test that many of the Baptists had formerly been ordained and that when they belonged to the state church and the magistrates could make little out of the matter Another ordinance was therefore passed December the 26th, 1646, which follows. The commons assembled in a parliament to declare that they do dislike and will proceed against all such persons or shall take upon them to preach or expound the scriptures in any church or chapel or any other public place except they may be ordained either here or in some other reformed church. That's not Baptist. Baptists were not reformers. They're Baptists. Mm -hmm. That is already prohibited in an order of both houses on the 26th of April, 1645. And likewise against all such ministers and others as shall be uh, published and maintained by preaching, writing, or in any other way, anything against or in degradation of church government Church government means a state and church. Marriage is state church, which is now established by authority of both houses of parliament. And all justices of the peace, sheriffs, mayors, bailiffs, and other head officers of corporations and all officers of the army are to take notice of this declaration and by all lawful means and means to prevent offenses of this kind and to apprehend the offenders and give notice thereof to, to this house that thereupon course may be speedily taken for a due punishment to be inflicted upon these people and it's talking about Baptists. They weren't going to persecute the Lutherans. They weren't going to persecute the Presbyterians. They weren't going to persecute the Church of England. 
but they would persecute the Baptists because they believed in separation of church and state and religious liberty. This law would have given the Baptists great trouble, only disturbed the condition of the country, directed the authors in another task. There seems to have been favorable turn toward the Baptists on March 4, 1647. A declaration was published by the Lords and Commons to the following effect. The name of Anabaptists has indeed contracted much odium by reason of extravagant opinions and practices some that the name in Germany tending to be disturbance of the government and peace of all states which opinions and practices we abhor and detest but for their opinions against the baptism of infants it is only a difference about circumstance of time in the administration of an ordinance therefore in former ages as well as this learned men have differed both in opinion and practice. And though we could wish that all men would satisfy themselves and join with us in our judgment and practice in this point, yet herein we held it fit that men should be convinced by the word of God with great gentleness and reason and not be beaten out of it with force and violence. Crosby, volume 1, page 196. This promised well, but this barely parliament the next year, May the 2nd, 1648, enacted an ordinance of the Lords of Commons assembled in the parliament for the punishing of blasphemies and heresies. It was one of the worst and most cruel laws passed since the early days of the Reformation. Heresy in some instances was classified with felony. It was to be punished with the pains of death without benefit of clergy. Others who were subject to conviction before two justices of the peace are to be imprisoned upon conviction. Such persons were required to give surety that he would no longer maintain such an error and among the errors mentioned was the following. That the baptism of infants is unlawful and that such baptism is void that such persons ought to be baptized again <coughs> and in persuasions thereof <coughs> shall baptize all persons formerly baptized that the church government by presbytery is anti-Christian <coughs> and unlawful <coughs> sorry about my coughing Now, Baptists weren't able to say that the baptism of infants was unlawful and that the church and state was, was illegal and unscriptural. <coughs> Infant baptism has always led to an advocate to persecute. Thus did the Presbyterians carry out their own equal cruel ideas. The ordinance would have produced much more suffering than it did, but the Baptists and other sectaries were in such members and were increasing so rapidly, the truth makes Baptist. History makes Baptist. The sword and, and the legislature does not make a Baptist. 
it makes them enemies of the state. And such numbers were so increasingly so rapidly that it was not always convenient to execute such a law. One John Biddle was arrested, tried, and convicted before a magistrate. Cromwell could not afford to have him punished too strenuously. So he banished him for three years. It was a good occasion for the Baptists to protest against the violation of conscience. And so they petitioned the protector for the privilege of soul liberty, among other things they said. <clears throat> that such a, as profess faith in God by Jesus Christ, though differing in judgment for the doctrine, worship, and discipline publicly held forth, shall not be restrained from, but shall be protected in the profession of the faith, and exercise their religion, that all laws and statutes and ordinances contrary to the aforesaid liberty shall be esteemed as null and void. Article 38. <clears throat> the persecutions, however, as might have been expected, were more particularly directed against the Baptists, since they denied the necessary the necessity of infant baptism. Almost every prominent Baptist preacher was sooner or later committed to prison. The Presbyterians were now supreme in Parliament. The Presbyterians were, they were persecuting Baptists. And they favored the administration of the laws of persecution. But Cromwell perceived that the long Parliament was odious to the people so we put forth a ceremony to an end of their power on April 20, 1653. And we'll stop right there for this message. What's the page? Baptist, <coughs> we're going to start on page number three, page number 340. We went from 335 to 340, I believe. 335 to 340. <clears throat> the Baptists have always suffered for religious liberty purposes. You wouldn't have any religious liberty in any country in the world if it wasn't for Baptists at all. If any denomination in the world has and can afford religious liberty, it's because the Baptists have died and bled for it. These things, I tell you, that's why I am a Baptist. Marilyn, is that why you're a Baptist? Yeah. From the Bible and what the Bible teaches. I hope this is helping you out there. Thank you for your prayers. I need them. Your offerings, we need them too. I pray that these messages are opening your eyes to biblical truths. That are opening your eyes to what it took to have religious liberty in the world. There was one group that stood for that, and that was Baptist. The Quakers behind them, but the Baptists stood for it through thick and thin. And even to giving you religious liberty in the United States of America. Our Father, we send this message out for your honor and glory, the history of your people, and the struggles that they, how they fought, not with swords, 
but with the Word of God and how they suffered and died and were persecuted and tortured for your name's sake. Please forgive me where I fail you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.